Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Today's first reading is Isaiah chapter 35. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hand, steady the knees that gave way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and the streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their head. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. The second reading is Mark chapter 7, verse 31 to 37, in Chinese and English. Mark of Yin, the Chi Zhang, the San Shi Yi. Yesu Yo Lila Tire, the Ching Jie, Jing Guo Xi Dun, Jiu Tong Dija Poli Jing Nei, Lai Dao Jali Li Hai. Yo Ren Dai Jiga Ar Long, Shi Jie, the Ren Lai Jian Yesu, Chiu Ta An Shou, Zai Ta Shen Shang. Yesu Ling Ta Li Kai Jung Ren Dao Yi Bian Chu, Jiu Yong Chi Tou Tan Ta the Ar Do, Tu Tuma, Mo Ta the Shi Tou. 望天叹息对他说以法大就是说开了吧他的耳朵就开了舌结也解了说话也清楚了耶稣嘱咐他们不要告诉人但他越嘱咐他们越发传扬开了众人分外稀奇说他所做的事都好他连聋子也叫他们
Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Well, it's lovely to be able to join you in Sheffield this morning from uh, down here in Sevenoaks. Uh, sorry that I can't be with you, but it's, uh, it's the right decision. And uh, as we look at this passage on this Mission Sunday, uh, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that this morning you would uh, do us good as you speak to us by your living and enduring word. We pray that you would breathe life into us. We pray that you would enable us to have confidence in the great work that you're doing in our lives and in the world. Help us to see things afresh this morning and uh, write these words on our hearts by your Spirit's power, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, not far from where I am standing, there's a, a National Trust property called Knoll House. And you may know of it, but uh, two years ago, it underwent a £20 million restoration project, courtesy of the, the Heritage Lottery Fund. And the aim was to rescue Knoll House and its collections from hundreds of years of decay. I'm told that in total, there were six acres of leaking roofs. And if you can think, therefore, about the amount, the amount of mold and damp that had put the furniture, some of these ancient paintings and woodwork, at risk of being lost forever. And things became so bad that the current occupant of Knoll House described the atmosphere as one of faded magnificence. Faded magnificence that, he said, like the gilding on its paintings, smoulders rather than sparkles. Faded magnificence. It's an appropriate description, isn't it? as we think about uh, a building, a, a magnificent ancient building that over time has just begin, begun to fade on the, the inside as well as on the outside. And so this restoration has been a long time coming. And faded magnificence, well, it's a, a fitting description of God's creation, the world we are living in, in 2021. And especially not least given the last 11 months that we've lived through together. Perhaps we're more inclined, however, to focus on the, the, the faded side of the equation. And so we think of climate change. We think of poverty, of malnutrition, of things like gender, gender equality, of public health, of, obviously, and refugees and water distribution, just to name a few of the UN's top priorities. But it's not all bad news. Because by the work of his hands, God has created a masterpiece. And every now and again, we see the magnificence of God's uh, creativity. And we see the magnificence of our humanity. So we think of it, 140 or 200 jabs a minute currently being rolled out around the country. Incredible stories of community care, 
over these last months and human achievements over the course of the year. But of course, the more you look at it, the more you see the world around you that like a, a painting in Knoll House by Thomas Gainsborough or whoever it is, we're smoldering rather than sparkling. So keep that image in, our mind, in your mind as we come to Mark chapter 7 this morning because my prayer is that we would be amazed afresh by God's worldwide restoration project and that we'd be amazed at the fact that he invites us to play a part in it. So let's dive straight in to Mark 7, verse 31, where Mark sets the scene for us. And he wants us to see, first of all, that we are in new territory. We're in new territory. Verse 31, then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. I wonder if at some point, maybe recently, you've experienced somebody who's gone out of their way for you. They've just done something that you think, wow, they've gone out of their way. Perhaps they did your shopping. Perhaps they organized a meal. Perhaps they literally took a detour to your house to drop something off. They've gone out of their way. And that's what Jesus is doing at this point in Mark's gospel. You can see from verse 24, just earlier, that he's been uh, up the coast as far north as a, as a place called Tyre. That's far beyond Judea, far beyond Samaria. And verse 31 tells us that Jesus then went through Sidon. That's another 40 kilometers or so further north before then taking a detour 100 kilometers southeast to the region called the Decapolis. Here, Jesus is, is going out of his way for people. First, he's going to Tyre, then he's going to Sidon, now he's going to the Decapolis. Now, this is not bad map reading on Jesus's part, and it's not bad geography by Mark, the writer. This has been a 100% intentional detour into new Gentile territory. And Mark wants us to see that there is no land or people group where the mission of Jesus suddenly fizzles out and stops. To use the Syrophoenician woman's insight from Mark 7, verse 27, she says, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. In Mark 7, even the Greeks and the Romans were not beyond the kingdom of God. Jesus is deliberately going out of his way into the non-Jewish world. It's risky, it's uncomfortable, but it is necessary. I was hearing recently on a, a Zoom call with a, a Crosslinks mission partner based in the east of the Czech Republic, a town, a, a city called Olomouc. And as the, as the call ended, Jurka, uh, one of our mission partners out there, just casually made the remark, oh, I've got, I've got Christianity explored this evening for the whole country. And then he went on and I've, I've invited Slovakia too. And I had to pause and take it all in. I've invited the whole country to Christianity Explored, and I've also invited Slovakia over the border. And now this was astonishing for a number of reasons. The Czech Republic is probably the third least reached country in Europe. And it's quite possible that this Christianity Explored course that was running before Christmas was the only one being run in the country. 
and yet they were extending the invitation over the border, 100 kilometers east to Slovakia. And to me, that just highlighted this truth that the gospel doesn't obey geopolitics or social barriers. And this has been the overarching testimony month by month for this past year of Crosslinks mission partners sharing stories about how the gospel has gone out in spite of our restricted lives. It's hard. It's a hard question to answer for now for all sorts of reasons. But the question is, do our comings and goings, restricted as they are, reflect a willingness for us to be going out of our way for people for the sake of introducing them to life with Jesus? Question is for you, for me, how far out of your way are you willing to go? Across the street? Across the city? Maybe across the English Channel or the Atlantic Ocean? Even though the world feels shut down, it is more open than you think. I mean, we have had six or seven people inquiring and making progress through application for long-term overseas service. And I wouldn't be surprised if this, this is something that we're all going to have to relearn as we hope and pray the country, the world, opens up in the coming months. How willing are we to go out of our way and follow the example of Jesus? Well, secondly, Mark draws our attention to the new start, the new start that is available with Jesus. And this is really the heartbeat of God's mission that we want to see this morning. So if we lose this new start, we've nothing to offer. We've no mission. We've nothing. You see, the man that Jesus meets in verse 32 is a shadow of the man he ought to be. Territorially, we've just seen he was, he was on the edge, but physically his body doesn't work properly. He's completely reliant on others to, to, to hear and to, 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 to communicate. And presumably, it is not a big step to conclude that spiritually, too, this man is cut off from the one who made him. And he needs specialist treatment. Now, speech is something that I took for granted until six years ago when my mum suffered a, a big stroke that, that just wrecked her speech entirely. Perhaps you've also seen those videos uh, that record... Um, Young people or, or people who are hard of hearing, they can't hear at all, in fact, fitted with a, a cochlear implant. And as it gets turned on, as, as everything comes into tune, they come alive as they can hear again for the first time. It's incredible to watch. And it's as if here in this passage, Mark wants to trigger our senses, as well as this man, so that we also might come alive to Jesus and be all the more enthusiastic to make him known. Have a look at verse 32 to 33. There were some people who, uh, some people brought to him, to Jesus, a man who was deaf and who could hardly talk. And they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. You can imagine how this would have looked to the watching crowd, only they weren't watching. At this point, Jesus has taken the man aside. He has taken the man aside from the crowd. He, he doesn't want to be seen as some popularist uh, mission, uh, miracle worker. And he takes him aside. He puts his fingers to his ears. 
he touches the man's tongue with his saliva. And the picture is one of an artist at work, Jesus at work. His hands are dirty. It's a bit messy, but it's calculated. Going back to Knoll House, at the beginning, there's, a, there's also a new conservation studio that's been built there. And this room is the first port of call for any historic objects that require specialist treatment, not just from Knoll House, but from the entire National Trust and, and other historic houses around the country. And you can usually go into this room and stand behind a barrier and watch these conservation conservators at work. And that's what's happening here. We're watching Jesus up close as he gives this man a new lease of life. Look at verse 34. Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to the man, Ephaphtha, which means be opened. And at this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Notice that it's, it's neither the touch of Jesus' hands nor the deep sigh that actually heal the man. These are signs of his compassion. These are indicators of his willingness to heal and to come alongside physically. What heals the man, though, is the power and the authority of Jesus' word. Verse 35, he said to him, Ephaphtha, which means be opened, at this the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. What we're seeing here is Jesus, the preeminent person in the creative industry. And he is the first port of call for precious, precious damaged goods like us and the people that we look forward to meeting and hugging once again. Listen to how Psalm 8 puts this. Psalm 8 says, when I, consider the work of your, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Psalm 8, verses 3 to 4. You and I are the work of his hands. You and I have handle with care written <clears throat> all over us because he wants to restore you to his image. Now, of course, at the moment, life feels incredibly messy. Perhaps more than ever, we are physically or emotionally vulnerable. And, but as this passage shows, these are signs that there is something deeper inside of each of us that is not right. And the same Jesus who went out of his way to give this man a new start is the same Jesus who has gone out of his way to give you a new start. Question is, will you let him get to work in your life? Will you let him get to work with your brokenness, with your guilt, with your insecurities, with your stuff-ups, with your sinful habits. Because all of these things are not a problem for Jesus. A few years later, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter and he, he said it like this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Well, let's look and see how finally this plays out at the end of this passage with our third heading, the new creation. 
new creation. You see, Mark includes various details for, for a reason. And you see, this is a story within a story within a bigger story. What does Mark want us to see? Well, the first thing he wants us to see is in verse 32, where we, we read this mention that the man could hardly talk. He could hardly talk. And there's only one other time in the whole Bible when we read the same word for people who could hardly talk. And that's Isaiah 35, verse 6. Listen to a few verses from Isaiah 35. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the, la the lame will leap like a deer and the mute tongue will shout for joy. And alongside Mark 7, Isaiah, hundreds of years early, earlier, is showing that God's promised restoration would not be wishful thinking. To say, to say, for example, that normal life is going to return by Easter Sunday. Now, that's wishful thinking. But not here. When we look to the future that Isaiah had, Mark shows us what Isaiah describes that Jesus is bringing about. Here before us is a man who, who, can, who can speak with Jesus now. He can speak of Jesus to other people. And it's a little bit like the first signs of, of spring, those buds, those shoots that are coming up in the ground, signs of a new creation. And it's something that's worth talking about amidst everything else that's going on. And the crowd seem to get this too. They're so amazed by the change in this man that they can't heed his instructions to keep quiet. And Jesus doesn't want to attract re, uh, the, the attention for the wrong reasons, does he? But it would seem that the crowds speak of him for the right reasons. They can see that more than a healing has taken place. They can see that Jesus is a man who can truly bring hope. Wow. The second thing Mark wants us to see at the end of this passage is in verse 37. Have a look at the verdict of the crowd. Verse 37, the people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the mute speak. He has done everything well. Ring any bells? Well, it's reminiscent of God's verdict in Genesis chapter 1. As he created all things, we read in, verse, in Genesis 1 that God saw everything he had made and it was very good. And when the crowd observed Jesus' work in the man, they can't help but speak about it. And if, we, if we've witnessed God at work in somebody's life, it's true, isn't it? It's, we, we can't help ourselves. We, we want to speak about it. It's good. It's, it's a sign of, of God doing something good in someone's life. It could be anything, but I, I recently heard a story of a, a young chap or a man called Yoni. Yoni. He's a Hungarian. And you can guess it. He, he became a Christian through acorn camps uh, over a decade ago. And this chap, Yoni, was the son of a minister. And uh, his heart needed to be changed. Even though he was the son of a minister attending church, his heart needed to be changed. Well, fast forward 11 years, and Yoni is now the pastor of his dad's church. Such a change has there been. Such growth. Here's a guy who inspires people like Andy and Jofie Oatridge, who you know and love. 
he inspires them in their gospel work in Hungary because they see God at work in him and they see the potential for others too. And so they, they can't help but talk about it. Notice what the crowd say at the very end. He even, he even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. It's like saying that the whole of Knoll House has been restored and there's even a restoration studio where paintings and artifacts can be made as good as new. It's the icing on the cake. It's the best thing. And here's the point. If Jesus can take care of your brokenness, sin, shame, despair, darkness in this world, how much more will he be able to turn our faded magnificence into a pristine brand new work in the new creation? This is God's mission. Perhaps this morning seen from a different angle, from a a different kind of Bible passage. But friends, this restoration project, this world mission restoration project is underway and it's going to outlast any vaccination program. And there's no queue to join up on. There's nothing that qualifies you. You need qualification to, to be in the queue at a certain point or time. The best news is, though, that this won't cost you anything because Jesus, by his death and resurrection, he's done it all. He's made it possible in in new territories with a new start and the hope of a new creation. And it's available to all people from all walks of life. And the time is going to come, isn't it, when we can be on the move again. For some of us, it can't come soon enough. Soon enough. For others, we can wait. But that time will come when we can go out of our way, perhaps even today with a phone call or an arranged Zoom conversation, going out of our way to make Jesus known. And as you let his words speak life into the situation that you find yourself in, so you won't be able to help yourself from speaking freely about the hope we have in Jesus. Amen.